VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Inside the Huddle. We're wrapping up Indiana's um, 31-24 win at Wake Forest from Saturday. Uh, TJ Inman will be joining us shortly uh, to go over that win. Um, Indiana moves to 4-0 and for the first time since 1990. They're riding a five-game winning streak dating back to last year's Bucky game. Their longest such streak since 1987. So it's all good. Uh, looking good for the Hoosiers going into this week. Uh, we welcome in TJ Inman, co-host. TJ, how are you today? I'm doing really well, Sammy. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a, a, a kind of a long day and a long drive back from North Carolina, uh, which is why we're doing it on a Monday. Uh, but it was a, a nice win for the Hoosiers, and uh, we'll see what they could do from here. Yeah, it was it was awesome to have uh have Hoosier Huddle uh represented there. He did a did a great job with the coverage, some really good pictures, really good uh really good videos and articles um provided by, by you and Nick both. Um yeah, it it was a really good win. It was a game that had uh had a lot of people nervous because of uh of what could be. Um with Ohio State coming in this week and how big of a week it could be just for exposure for IU football. And, you know, this going to Wake Forest had a lot of people nervous. It's a road game at a Power 5 opponent that, you know, IU in the past, um, you know, maybe people worried that they'd find a way to, quote, screw it up or or uh, find a way to, to punch you in the gut with a, with a tough loss right before that huge week. But um, this team proved that they, once again, are, are different. Um, you know, as you said, the first time since 1990, which – uh, speaks to how good of an accomplishment it is for IU football. I know for a lot of programs, 4-0 and is not something that you, you know, consider noteworthy. It's something that is, oh, yeah, good, now let's actually start playing the important games. But, you know, for IU football, this is something that doesn't happen very often at all. Um, and I, I think that for this year's team, it was a really good accomplishment because of the – kind of the, the way that they had to win some of these games. They didn't play well against Southern Illinois, but they found a way to get it done. Uh, they didn't play well in parts of the game against Florida International, but they found a way to make the big plays at the end. You know, Western Kentucky, the defense makes two key turnovers to help help get that win. And then against Wake Forest, it was really a well-balanced team effort that uh, until those final 10 minutes really was – was about as well as you can expect IU to play. Um, the offense wasn't perfect, but it is a good Wake Forest defense they were going up against. The defense gave up a couple of uh, a couple of nice drives, but they did a really good job of getting pressure, and we'll talk about that um, here in a little bit. But what really stood out right away was that IU's offense, mainly the offensive line and Jordan Howard, continued to be able to impose their will on the opposition as Howard again went over 150, um, just another great day for him. He continues to look really, really good, and the offensive line, you know, helping him look really good. And then defensively, what stood out right away was the pressure that they were able to get 
on uh, the quarterback Kendall Hinton, you know, just how physical the defense was able to play. I was reading some of the Wake Forest coverage, and I, I, I can't remember the last time that I watched the game where I said, wow, you know, the IU defense is really, really making life hard on the opposing offense with how hard they're hitting and how physical they're playing. And then the Wake Forest uh, coverage that I read, their fans on some of their fan blogs were kind of echoing that to where they were just kind of dismayed at how physical IU's defense was with their offense. And they thought that uh, the Hoosiers were a little bit chippy. And uh, I saw a couple comments calling some of the plays dirty, but, um, you know, I can't remember the last time that an IU defense was that physical uh, with the opposition. They got constant pressure on Kendall Hinton, made life hard on him. And if you take away those last 10 minutes, it was a tremendous performance for the defense. And overall, um, some things you definitely can continue to work on, but you know, the non-conference season can be considered nothing but a success. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to bring in Nick Holmes here in a second uh, to get his thoughts as well. Um, TJ, being on the field and seeing both teams in warm-ups, it was definitely uh, obvious that Indiana had the bigger, uh, more physical team. And that's something against a power of five opponent. Uh, we haven't seen all that much at IU. Uh, it did get Things did get a little chippy. Uh, I, when I rewatched the game again, we'll see if those plays were actually dirty or just playing hard. I know one of the plays that they're probably complaining about was uh, not Demetrius McCray, but Robert McCray's. Uh, sack that got called for a face mask, which was kind of clothesline the guy. But this is, it's football. You're going to get hit. Um, I don't think there were any cheap shots. Uh, maybe one of the plays out of bounds could have been that in the, in the modern-day football. But um, I thought McCray's hit was was pretty clean. He just went up high. The, the quarterback was short. I mean, he's like six foot, and McCray's a big dude. Uh, but, yeah, it was – it was a sight to see that they they really were bigger and more physical. Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on the game? I echo what both of you guys are saying. Um, I made the comment probably, well, right before the uh, big run started in the fourth quarter, I said, this is the first time in a while that I've seen IU absolutely dominate in every phase of the game. And then it kind of fell apart at the end. But you, like you said, you could tell that we were – uh, more physically prepared, um, developed than what Wake Forest was, and that's a Power Five conference. So, you know, there's a lot to a lot to take from that. Um, on the other end, I think the fact that we were able to get such a big lead there at the end, and even though they didn't make the run, um, Hinton wasn't as big a factor in the running game as what he could have been. I mean, he still had. Mm-hmm. If you take out, if you take the sacks out, he still carried the ball 22 times for 89 yards. So that's that's still pretty pretty decent clip, but not nearly as bad as what um, what we had seen in the past against dual threat quarterbacks. So I thought that was pretty encouraging. Um, I like the emergence of uh, Simi Cobbs. Uh, that was great to see. Um, we definitely need we definitely need a bigger body that um, that we can use in the red zone. But yeah, a lot of what you guys said are basically all my takeaways. That yeah, penalties were an issue again this week, and I don't know if either of you had hit on that yet. Um, 11 penalties for, I think it was around 119 yards. So that needs to be cleaned up because a couple of those, uh, the holding penalty in the fourth quarter um, pretty much stalled out that last drive Indiana had. 
and then there were a couple pass interference penalties that kept kept the uh, Wake Forest drive going. So those things need to be need to be cleaned up because although they weren't costly this week, once you start playing the stuff for conference opponents, they can have bigger ramifications. Yeah, exactly, Nick. And and penalties played a big part, I think, in uh, Wake Forest's uh, first drive where there was a late hit out of bounds that gave them 15 yards, Mm -hmm. and it really led them to tie the score. Uh, One of the things that also stood out to me, uh, the defense played outstanding for the first 53 minutes or so. Um, The the offense, uh, they played okay. Um, Mm -hmm. It's tough. It was bad weather. It's on the road against a, a, a good defense. But they had a chance, really, to pad the lead there in the first quarter and make it, you know, ten nothing, fourteen nothing, seventeen nothing, and they couldn't do that. And and the coaches know that. Sudfeld, after the game, said they're not clicking on all cylinders yet. Um, Wilson said that that they're not all in sync. Uh, that they really need to clean up some stuff. And that this offense, while they're playing okay and still winning has a long ways to go. And that's one of the best signs uh, we've seen is that, you know, maybe in years past, this Indiana team could be, you know, 2-2 two and two, or, uh, worst-case scenario, 0-4. Oh uh, these are games mm-hmm. that in the past, I, I, I know I've beaten this, uh, beaten this horse before, but these are games that IU loses in the past. That, you know, 21-point lead down to 7 with a, a chance for a Hail Mary there at the end, a lot of times that doesn't go out IU's way in the past. So it was good to see them win like this. Um, they've won in every uh, fashion. They, you know, they closed out the game against Western Kentucky. They mm-hmm. held on for dear life against Southern Illinois, and they made a big defensive stand against Florida International to put that team away. So more or less they've won in every conceivable way, and I think that's going to be huge going into Big Ten play. Uh, so next, uh, let's talk about what they could take away from this game and move on to Ohio State. Now, Hinton, uh, Wilson said that there, there there was a shot on Hinton that may have shaken him up a little bit and kept him from running. Uh, you know, rewatching the first half last night, there was something to do maybe with his left tricep, but there was also a play, I think Scales, uh, correct me guys if I'm wrong, I think Scales or T.J. Simmons uh, came in on a hit and hit him almost right in the, you know, between the shoulder blades and the back on a scramble. And it looked like a very, very hard hit that, that mm-hmm. maybe made him think twice about about running the ball. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Tigre Scales, uh, who had a, a massive game. Um, it was really, really good to have Tigre Scales back. But, uh, yeah, I think that the... You know, Kevin Wilson did mention that, and uh, you know, I think what stood out to me um, was with Tigre Scales was the amount of, number one, the amount of space that he can cover and how much of a difference that makes for this defense. And I, I can't help but think back to the Southern Illinois game and what a difference he would have made against Mark Iannotti on those inside zone plays. Um, I think it would have been a significantly different game had Tigre Scales been there to to lay the wood a few times on Iannotti on the, in the first uh, first half of that game, but um, I digress back to back to reality since that unfortunately didn't happen. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think that that really 
I was surprised at how well IU did against Kendall Hinton in the running game. You mentioned it, Nick. It, that could have been a much bigger part of, of how this one played out, and the outcome could have been different if IU would not have done a, a good job staying disciplined in their lanes and doing a good job of tackling when they had the chance. Uh, there were not there were a few a few plays where this happened, but there weren't a lot of plays where Wake Forest was able to get past, you know, more than one Indiana defender. Uh, I thought that IU did a, a better job than we'd seen so far this season in tackling in space, and they didn't really allow a ton of big plays. I think if you, again, we, we say this, you can't take away those final few drives, but if you did, and I think that was, those final few drives kind of occurred in a, a fluke scenario, um, where Wake Forest was was having to let it go, and they convert, you know, five. I think it was five fourth downs, and yeah, it it happened. It was ugly, but if you take the regular flow of the game, they only had a couple of plays where I'd say that Indiana really had bad, um, just out and out bad defense all around. So it, it was a step forward for the defense uh, and the physicality from the defensive line. You know, Latham, Ralph Green, Zach Shaw, Nick Mangieri, um, and then Robert McRae as well, um, providing some, and I know he got that penalty for the face mask, but, um, you know, it's good to see him get in the rotation there and give some good minutes or some good snaps. Uh, and then the linebacking core as well. And I'll throw Jonathan Crawford in because he was up there um, along the line of scrimmage, kind of an extra guy in the box as well. I thought that it was really good to see them establish the line of scrimmage, just like the offensive line does for IU, establish it with, with the level of physicality that, that um, kind of impacts the game. And they were able to get a lot of pressure, uh, multiple sacks against Wake Forest, which, you know, that offensive line, we talked about it before the game, that that could be an area where IU exploits. And they did a good job of doing that. You know, it's a very young Wake Forest offensive line. It, it kind of has to remind Indiana fans of what IU had maybe three years ago. You know, they believe that they have some talent there, and I think they do. They've got some young young guys in the offensive line. They've got Kendall Hinton there, quarterback, promising guy. Um, but they're they're just not grown yet. It was good to see IU use the growth that they've experienced these last few years and actually use it to their advantage and, and physically uh, physically come out on top on both lines of scrimmage, which in my opinion is that plus just the difference factor that is Jordan Howard is why Indiana was able to, to go into Wake Forest on their homecoming. It wasn't an amazing crowd by any means, but still it's, it's tough to go in on the road, and IU was able to do that. And I think that the offensive, defensive lines were the major reasons why. Not a, not our apparent writing that will, uh, you know, that IU was going to go down and, and run roughshod all, all over them. Uh, that was that was a bit bit bizarre. I, I don't know which uh, I don't know which Indiana papers the ACC network commentators were were reading or what possessed them to think that Nate Sudfeld suddenly suddenly turned into a much more muscular uh, dark haired person <laughs> in Finn Bach. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It made me. I'll say that yeah. it, it definitely made me uh, happy for the for the coverage that we get in the Big Ten Network, which I'm not always a fan of. But I would take watching a game on the Big Ten Network over another one on the ACC Network all day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, seeing Twitter and seeing the reactions about the, the broadcast coverage, um, 
I'll, I'll watch the broadcast again just to see how laughable and how bad it was. Uh, but uh, another thing to take out of this is that, you know, some people might look at IU's uh, defense in the last 10 minutes there as kind of crumbling. But to me, IU took their best punch. You you know, you're on the road against a Power 5 team. They're going to they have their backs against the wall. They're going to give you their best shot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, one positive is that they took their best shot and they came out of it ahead, even though, you know, it was a little fluky play on the they, – they executed a great onside kick and, and scored 14 points there, but they got the win. And, and all's good that ends – or all's well that ends well. So uh, that that was my take on that, that last 10 minutes. This kind of this kind of gets back to your original point. Um, you know, we we haven't seen this team at its full potential. They've not played 100% yet, and that's really encouraging too because there are in years past where we would enter games like against Wake Forest where we knew it was going to take an absolutely perfect game to come out on top, and they didn't. The offense was, like you said, not clicking on all cylinders. The defense had a few lapses there at the end. And then the special teams let them down a little bit on that um, onside kick. So if the team were to put it all together, who really knows what this what this group's capable of? Yeah, and that was one of the things that some people were saying uh, before the season is that this IU team is strong enough to where they don't need to play a perfect game to win anymore. They could play, you know, like they did on Saturday. They could play uh, against uh, other teams and maybe half capacity and get away with some things that they couldn't get away with in the past. Now, is that something to rest your laurels on? No, and I don't think the coaching staff is comfortable with that either. And they want this team uh, hitting on all cylinders because they are 4-0. There is a buzz about them. They do have the number one team in the nation coming in on Saturday, and who knows where the sky and the ceiling is for this team. Are they going to go to the Big Ten Championship? Probably not but they could rattle off seven, eight, maybe nine wins if uh, they start humming on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't, I'm not sure what the ceiling is for this team, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, after four weeks to not feel like, okay, we've seen, we've seen the best of this team, and, and that's all there is to see. We know what's going to happen. Uh, very few college football teams are that way. Uh, I don't think that IU is either. You know, you don't know exactly how good this team could be, but I do think that there there is another level or two um, for them to go, and, and I think that uh, being pushed and just looking at the schedule, and we're we're not going to go game by game or anything, but they're, they have done what they needed to do in the non-conference to set themselves up to achieve their goals, and I think that there are going to be enough games in the Big Ten where they are going to be able to just play well, not play perfect, but play well and feel good about their chances to get a victory. Uh, I think there are enough games like that that they can get to that six wins and above and so that we could you know, sit here and, and be very, very happy about this season and that they can be, as a team, be very happy about the season as well. And uh, it, it has been my entire lifetime as a fan uh, since I was, you know, since I could say that going into the Big Ten, which is really, really exciting. Uh, one one thing I did want to ask you guys about, and you, you noted it, Sammy, in your game wrap and reaction, 
the special teams, the coverage units have been awesome. Um, mm-hmm. They continue to be really good. That's been a, a very nice, um, very nice thing to see here, especially in the last two weeks. They've been dynamite. And they were good against FIU as well. Um, uh, the the one area you noted and that I I noted during the game as well uh, that needs a boost or just something different needs to happen is kick return. Um, I, I, right now I'm at the point where I'm saying if it gets into the end zone, take a knee and let's go, let's take a touchback and then start, you know, start from the, from the 25. I, I don't, I don't really understand. Um, I don't understand what's, really going wrong. I, I have not watched the tape to see if it's some of the blocking, if it's indecision by the kick return guy. I don't see a lot of dancing around by Ricky Brookins or Mike Majette. Uh, like you said, Devontae Williams did not get a shot there on Saturday, but I, I think that I'd like to give Mitchell Page a shot at kick return. He's done a good job on punt return. I thought he made good decisions against Wake Forest, and he had the, the big play against Western Kentucky. But I know they don't really want to risk him on kick return because he is proving to be a valuable part of the offense. So I, I, what do you guys want to see happen on kick return here moving into the Big Ten? Well, it's something I asked at, at the media availability today to Wilson. And, um, you know, he said there was one kick last week where I think Brookins took it where he didn't know – it was right at the goal line, almost at the one-yard line. And he just took it out and said, Coach, I, I didn't know if I was out or not, so I just took it. And so that was something that Wilson was like, that's good. If, if Just don't think about it. If you're going to go, go. You know, So that's good to see. He did uh, hint at that maybe if the ball, if you know you're in the end zone, just take a D, give them the 25-yard line, <laughs> and, and go from there. And that's one of the benefits of that new, new-ish rule um, that – starts at the 25. Um, one thing I want to say about Page and the punt return, uh, they were amazing last week. Even though they didn't have any returns, uh, Wake Forest, their strategy was basically to rugby kick it into the mess and hope it hits an Indiana player. Uh, that's what Wilson <laughs> talks about today. And it's a strategy that's that's kind of bold. Um, but it was, you know, Indiana d- didn't have a punt that went off him. They, they got the ball, um, you know, they caught it. They didn't fumble it in bad weather. So Mitchell Page has been doing a great job on punt returns, and the rest of special teams is outstanding. But kick returns, they do need a, you know, a, a boost. And whether or not that's putting Page back there, um, Devontae Williams has explosiveness. But, you know, I didn't see him on the field at all on Saturday, even in the defensive backfield after he started against Western mm-hmm. Kentucky. So, Maybe he's a little banged up there. I tried to ask that at, at media days today, but Wilson kind of overlooked that question. But uh, we'll see who they put back there. You know, Isaac Griffith is another guy who's pretty fast, who's getting in on the offense. Um, maybe they start rotating guys in and out there. But uh, they sure do miss uh, Jay Sean Harris at, at that position. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What's your take on? I mean, you guys covered it pretty well. If if you don't feel confident that you're going to be able to get up to the 25, you know, your best option is, you know, take the take the knee. Um, I I too like the Matrix Devontae Williams back there, but uh, for whatever reason, and I noticed this on on Saturday that he wasn't on the field, and I don't 
recall seeing him on the sideline either. So maybe he's just got got dinged up in practice or something, and they just held him out. So yeah. Yeah, and, and it's something that IU hasn't been great at the last two years. They weren't uh, good at kick returns uh, last year as well, and they really haven't been uh, great since you know, Tevin was returning kicks with Shane Wynn and had that explosiveness. Now, he doesn't want all his starters playing at every level of special teams, but maybe when it comes Big Ten time to say, hey, we need to get this offense going and in better field position, because you can you only have so many drives that are going to go 80 yards or more, and if you keep starting at the 17-yard line, there will be some games where you can't control field position and it's going to hurt them. Uh, but other than that, it was a spectacular special teams performance. It was a, a pretty good offensive performance. There were some plays, Simi Cobbs had, could have caught that deep ball. Um, Sudfeld missed some open guys uh, across the middle on some, on some plays. Uh, but overall, they didn't turn the ball over against the defense. It's pretty good in really crummy weather. Um, and the defensive performance is outstanding. I think I saw John Punt or Punt John Punt. Uh, if you don't follow them on Twitter, they do a terrific job with statistics. Uh, I think they came out with a statistic that had IU's defense had 40 plays where uh, Wake Forest either lost yardage or didn't gain any yards. So the, the defense, regardless of the last 10 minutes, really played well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. Going into absolutely. Week, go ahead, Nick. No, I was going to say absolutely that uh, that those first three uh, series by Wake Forest, and that was consecutive three and outs. I I don't ever recall seeing that uh, in the past of any any Indiana football game. So that was really encouraging to see right out of the gate. But like you noted, the offense was unable to take advantage of those four early possessions, and they only grabbed seven points. Going up 14 or 17 could have drastically changed the uh, the course of the game, luckily. A win was had anyway, but yes. Yeah, and that, that was one of the keys to, to the game I put is, you know, take the will from this team. It was, you know, there there really is nothing worse than sitting in the rain and watching your, your team at home uh, get run out of the building by, you know, an equal opponent, uh, or you know, maybe not talent-wise equal, but they're similar teams in different conferences. Um, so that that was, you know, would have been big, but they got the win again. It's a game that maybe in the past, I, if IU doesn't take advantage of that, they miss their opportunity and, and lose that game. But overall, they're four and zero. They're heading into Ohio. They're heading um, into next week. They have Ohio State at home. It's the first time. Uh, a number one ranked team has come into Bloomington since 1998. It's the first time since 2006 uh, that IU has faced the number one team in the country. And, uh, you know, the, all the pomp and circumstance is going to be there. Uh, you know, Dan Dockage is talking about having a student game day down there. Whether we're fans of it or not is uh, besides the point. But there is some buzz uh, around Indiana and around um, Bloomington. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what the, the partition of the crowd is. Is it going to be 50-50? Is it going to be majority IU fans? Is it going to be majority Ohio State fans? Um, so there's definitely a ton of storylines going into next week. 
and, and we'll see where it goes from there. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a really, really cool, uh, cool Saturday, and I, I don't mean the weather. I mean uh, it's going to be a really fun, fun atmosphere, um, and it's one that I don't think that many IU fans think that the Hoosiers have a legitimate shot to win this game. Um, but I don't think that that's necessarily the benchmark. I, I I know the players don't feel that way. The coaches don't feel that way, and that's great. And I totally understand that. They probably are going to go into that game feeling like we've got a shot. You know, we played these guys close last year, and we didn't have our quarterback. We feel like we're a better team now, so we're going to go out and have a good shot to win this game. I, I get that. Um, I feel like most fans, the benchmark is going to be can we be competitive? Um, you know, can we make Ohio State work to get that to get the five and zero, and then can we just continue this uh, to continue to keep the momentum? I think if you go out and get shellacked, you know, by fifty points, it, you certainly don't lose any of the four wins, but it does take a little bit of shine off of that four and zero start if you play like you know uh, dog doo doo, I guess, in the uh, you know in the in the fifth game against the against a big test like Ohio State. So I think it's important for the Hoosiers to to just play well. Uh, you know, execute execute your game plan, make Ohio State work and uh, you know, see where you're at. You know, if you can get if you can make it a game in the third quarter, sure. Why not? Yeah, I, I just I hope that there is a good supportive IU crowd, that they like what they see and decide to come back. Uh, you know, they're at on the road at Happy Valley, another very tough game and then you got Rutgers after that. I think worst-case scenario, you're looking at we need to get one of those three games. Worst-case scenario, get one of the three, and then you'd be 5-2, and two, uh, you know, heading into that last part of your schedule. Uh, if you if you drop all three of those, you're looking at 4-3, and three and you're, you know, getting kind of antsy uh, about whether or not that bowl game is going to happen. So I think you're looking at worst-case, get one of those three, and if you can get two of those three, look out. You know, look out because that would be a huge accomplishment, and obviously it'd be the yeah, exactly. So it's going to be an awesome exactly. week. Exactly, really looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I IU has played them well since uh, since uh, Wilson has been there. Uh, so any type of performance uh, to where they they play well, nobody gets hurt. That's my big thing. Is that nobody don't get hurt because if somebody gets hurt, it could derail this whole thing. Uh, but play well, execute well, show that you belong on the same field as Ohio State. It doesn't mean you have to win the game. Just show that you belong. You know, if you lose by it, it, the spread, I think it's 21 points. As long as you cover the spread, you'll be okay. Um, the fans, uh, I, I urge them, stay. Stay at halftime. You know, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's an ABC national game. Um, enjoy the tailgate. I really hope IU uh, unrestricts the tailgating for, for the students just to pump up that atmosphere a little bit more. Um, and, and those are my final thoughts. Nick, what are your final thoughts here? Uh, preview on uh, my numbers piece this week. Uh, in the four games that Coach Wilson has coached against Ohio State, keep in mind the first one was against Luke Fickle. Um, we have been defeated by an average of 15 points per game. Um, two of those games last season, and I believe it was a 2012 matchup, were very close games. So, you know, don't count them out. Um, obviously, they're 21 dogs, 21 point dogs for 
you know, a reason Ohio State, the best team in the nation. So uh, most teams would be multiple touchdown uh, dogs to them anyway. So, you know, let's just uh, prepare the next five days and uh, see what Saturday brings. Uh, definitely. Uh, there is some information. Uh, we'll post the traffic information again on the site. I did tweet out some parking uh, PSA that they sent out to season ticket holders. If you have any more information on traffic, send it to us. We want to send it out to the IU fans so they know what to expect on Saturday. Nick, TJ, thanks for joining me today. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. We have um, an Ohio State writer coming on to help us preview that uh, the game, and we'll see you on Wednesday morning. Thanks, Absolutely. Guys. Thanks a lot. Yep, thank you. All right, that does it for tonight's wrap-up show. Indiana's 4-0 heading into Ohio State game. Uh, we'll preview that on Wednesday. Meanwhile, uh, keep coming back to Hoosier Huddle. We'll have you all covered uh, on quotes from Media Day today as well as Ohio State game coverage. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.